Well, happy Thanksgiving to each and to all of you. What a delight it is to have you here in the sanctuary with us this morning or joining us online for our special celebration. It was in 1621, following a year of tremendous hardship and loss, that some of the first people that came from Europe to these shores found themselves suddenly celebrating an abundant harvest. The experience of celebrating harvests uh, is a universal one. It's one that predates 1621 and even the life of this nation. Uh, but the thought that ultimately the harvest of life comes from God was a uniquely Christian and Jewish understanding. And so in 1621, the people that had survived the difficult times came together to give thanks to the one from whom all blessings flow. And that is what we do here today. And I hope and pray that whether you are back in a familiar seat or just visiting with us from out of town and joining with loved ones here in this place today, that this gathering will become one of the happiest parts of your celebration. We prepared a very special service this morning and uh, hope and pray that God will meet you uh, powerfully in this time and remind you of his abundant grace in your life. I want to invite my colleague, Carice Makulo, to come forward and to lead us into the worship of God together. Good morning and happy Thanksgiving. Our call to worship on this beautiful day comes from Psalms. Praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him, small and great. Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory. Amen. Please stand as we sing our praises to the Lord of the harvest.
please pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you with grateful hearts. We thank you for another chance to gather together in your name. We thank you for another Thanksgiving holiday to celebrate with loved ones. And we also remember our brothers and sisters who are walking through grief and loss on this day. Comfort them as only you can. Father, thank you for being everything we need. In Jesus' name, amen. On this lovely Thanksgiving morning, let's turn to God in gratitude through this responsive reading filled with praise. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my innermost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Don't forget a single blessing. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He ransoms me from death and surrounds me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. O my soul, praise the Lord. Don't forget a single blessing. I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of all your wonders. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing praise to your name. The heavens praise your wonders, O Lord. Myriads of angels will praise you for your faithfulness. For who in the skies above can compare with the Lord? O Lord God Almighty, who is like you? You are, you are mighty, O Lord, and your faithfulness surrounds you. Holy Ghost. Amen. Would you please stand to sing together the doxology? seated. Well, again, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. So thankful that you are starting your Thanksgiving morning with us. And we all know there's two kinds of people on Thanksgiving morning, right? Those of us who do, or those, not of us, those who do turkey trots. Anybody here already did the turkey trot? Yeah, see, I knew you were my people, right? <laughs> on the way over, we mentioned turkey trots in the car. My daughter goes, I would rather die. I'm like, you're so my daughter. This is why I love you. Uh, well, guess what we're going to be talking about this Thanksgiving morning? Well, besides turkeys, yes. We might get the turkeys. 
Gratitude and thanks, of course. In fact, if I didn't do that, it's, it's written in the pastoral guidebook that if I don't talk about gratitude and thanks on Thanksgiving morning, I have to turn to my pastor's card right after the service. So we're definitely gonna do that. Now we all came into the service expecting that, right? So some of us might go, okay, yeah, the Thanksgiving, the gratitude thing, I got it. When do we get on to the cranberry sauce? Um, we're gonna do it in two different ways. We're gonna have two different movements. And we're gonna look at gratitude and thanks in very different ways to help us focus on what I like to call formational questions or formational points. And so those of you who have hung out with me a little bit here at Christ Church, know that and might remember that formational questions are those questions that we allow the Holy Spirit to raise in our lives to enable us to discern how closely our lives are aligned with the life of Jesus and aligned with the life that he invites us into. And this morning, we're gonna raise those questions along the topics of gratitude and thanks. We're gonna do this again through a number of these questions. So I would encourage you to have your phone out, maybe in the notes, put in those questions. Or maybe just take a piece of paper and have a pen and pencil out and write down the questions. Because some of the questions we're gonna focus on with each other and talk about it with each other here during the service. Majority of the questions, however, are given to you for later on today as you're lounging, as you're um, maybe having your second helping around the table. Maybe this weekend as you're out shopping, your, your mind just goes back to this moment this morning and say, you know, that, that question really hit me. What, what did you think about that as you continue from store to store? That's my hope and that's my prayer. So in typical Haskins fashion, I have a visual for us to start in this first movement. And uh, what better way to celebrate Thanksgiving than invite my family up, which they're really excited about, uh, this Thanksgiving morning to help me out here. So in the gray here is my lovely daughter, Maya, who I'm very thankful for that she's home. I can get as many hugs I, as I can. She's home from college, even though she comes home at 1.30 in the morning before her dad has to preach the next day and uses the ice machine in her metal water bottle. It's okay, I'm still thankful that she's here. You guys can move down a little bit okay. towards me. This is my mom, Judy, who I'm very thankful for, gave birth to me some 39 years late, or earlier, 39, give or take. A lot more give on that than take. Um, so thank you, Mom. Glad yes, you're here. Yes. And this is my lovely wife, Linda. Of 31 years we've been married. Uh, this it was 31, right? This past August? 31. Um, who I'm just so grateful is so used to this, that she, this kind of stuff, that she still does it with such a smile. So thank you for being up here. Now, notice each one has a container. Okay, uh, they have a container of their favorite beverage, basically. My mom, definitely, she's a Coke drinker. My daughter can never get enough water. Um, and my wife, you can see the little tea bag here. She drinks tea throughout the day and especially at night. Now, don't panic. What's in here for illustration purposes is only water. But let's go with what I just said, okay? Coke, water, tea. Now, what I want you to do is I just want you to watch. And then I'm gonna give you instructions to talk, I'm gonna give you a question and directions to talk to one another about what I'm about to do here. Okay, you ready? Just watch. 
Okay. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn to each other, two, three people around you, and I want you to talk about what was similar and what was different with what you just saw. What was similar and what was different with what you just saw. Okay, do that for the next minute or so. You guys go. So as we come back together, I want you to think about this question. Why did Linda spill tea? Why did Lin Maya spill water? And why did my mom spill Coke? Why did they spill them? Because I shook them? How many of you say, because I shook them? I'm gonna say this gently, you're wrong. Gently put, gently put. Linda spilled tea because tea was in her cup. Maya spilled water because water was in her cup. My mom spilled Coke because? Coke, oh, you guys catch on quick. All right. Coke was in her cup. When life comes along and shakes you, and we all know, we've been around the block enough, we know that life shakes us quite a bit. And whatever is inside you, comes out during that time. It's easy to fake it. It's so easy to fake it until you get shook. So we have to ask ourselves, what is in the cup of my life? And again, when life gets tough, what spills over? Joy, gratefulness, peace, humility, or anger, bitterness, harsh words, and pride? So let, let's rephrase this maybe a little bit more of a formational point for us. Whatever is inside your cup is what spills out when you get shook. God provides you with your cup of life. You choose how to fill it. We see this in the scriptures, don't we? I mean, just consider this other very popular passage about gratitude. In 1 Thessalonians 5, Paul writes, rejoice always, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice, pray, give thanks. Those are all active choices we make despite our circumstances. How well do we do that? So as we pause here, and we're gonna pause here for a song and a reflection before we move into our second movement. As we pause here for your own personal reflection, maybe write this down, maybe journal some thoughts. Here's what I want you to think about. How would you describe what spills from you when your life gets bumped and why? How would you describe what life, what spills from you when your life gets bumped, 
and why? And again, sometimes formational questions, I know folks, aren't good. Your toes start getting to step down. They get a little raw. They, they hit you in a certain way. But we're in safe company. We're in the house of worship. Jesus is in our midst. And these are questions that can lead us forward into the life with him. And as we go into this next song of worship, maybe write down and then join in the worship when you're done writing. And then we'll be back with you in a few moments. So as we continue this morning, pointing each other towards filling our cups with gratitude, I'm inspired by the way one of the former pastors here at Christ Church, 
defines gratitude. Adele Calhoun writes this, gratitude is a loving and thankful response toward God for his presence with us and within this world. Though blessings can move us into gratitude, it is not at the root of, all, of a thankful heart. Delight in God and his goodwill is the heartbeat of thankfulness. Delight in God is the heartbeat of thankfulness. Hold on to that. We're going to come back to that in a little bit. Now, we might know the scriptures have a lot to say about gratitude, gratitude and they really do, really do. <laughs> if I could just speak it. And when we turn to the pages of scripture, of course, we come across a beautiful picture of how gratitudes live through Jesus. And we're going to investigate and unpack one of my favorite passages on gratitude from the New Testament. It's from Luke 17. So if you have a phone with your Bible, you can reach to a Bible in front of you. And also, it might be on the screen as well. Luke 17, verse 11. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, I don't believe Jesus does anything by accident. He's way too smart. He's way too in sync with the spirits leading in his life through the Father's will. So in knowing that, I always go into the passage aware uh, that anything Jesus does or asks leads into, doesn't do, might be a point for me to discern, might be a point, an occasion for me to pause and to say, what does Jesus want me to notice? There's something deeper here happening than what might first be expected. So in knowing that, I always go into the passage saying, where are those formational points? And this passage is no different. Now, in this passage, I want us to know as well in the beginning that there's a tension here for the people there at that time that we just gloss right over. And the tension there created through this story uh, that Jesus is the center of is that the two main players of this story are lepers, Right? People who are afflicted with the disease of leprosy, who are outcasts, who are unclean, who are not allowed in the normal uh, flow of societal norms and life. And on top of that, the co-star besides Jesus is a Samaritan. 
Now, next time I read the word Samaritan, all of us have to gasp, okay? Especially when he's the star of the show. So, Samaritan. Oh, perfect. Man, you guys are good. I like that. So, in this, because the racial tensions of leprosy and a Samaritan, there is these racial tensions and religious tensions that, again, we just gloss right over. But here, if you were there on site, it would be like, what is he doing? What is happening here? Now, I share this as well because I want you to think of a time in your life when you found yourself maybe thinking or saying out loud, really, God, again, why am I so leprous? You might not have used that word. You probably had other choice words, but we're going with leprous this morning. Why am I such an outcast? Why are you treating me like this, God? How can you ever work in my life? What do I have to be thankful for? God, I really need your help here if you are listening. Now, if you're like me, there are valleys like this in life at times where we call out, we approach God perhaps um, a little bit at a distance and we keep ourselves there for a variety of reasons. But notice Jesus' response to this group who I'm sure have been doing this and raising these questions for as long as they can, they've been afflicted. Verse 14, Jesus looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Now, according to the law, you went to the priest after you were healed. And the priest would then declare you clean and you could come back into the community. Here, to their credit, they obey Jesus. And in the act of obeying Jesus, they were healed. And we'll come back to that because I think there's much more Jesus wants us to notice. Now, when I read this as well, I can't help but ask of myself, where in my life, how in my life is Jesus asking me to do certain things that I haven't done yet? Am I even listening? Am I even paying attention? How do I know if I'm paying attention or not? Have you ever thought about that? What if I did? What if I tuned in and actually did what was Jesus asking of me? What would happen in my life? Again, those, that's for free, folks. You can write that down. That's one of those rich questions that's hard to face, but I encourage us to lean into. One of them, verse 15, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God, he fell on the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. And oh yeah, by the way, this man was a Samaritan. Perfect. Again, don't miss this. A leper and a Samaritan receiving God's grace, blessing, and healing. And not only that, but re returning to say thank you. Verse 17, Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And yes, Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith 
has healed you. Now, we all know, right, that anytime Jesus asks a question, it's not for his benefit, right? It's for us and those listening. And I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Jesus is saying, hey, uh, how many people did we send away to be healed? I, I, I was up at around seven-ish, but they kept moving. I lost count. No, no, no. I believe Jesus wants us to actually reflect on and ask the question, where are the other nine? Why didn't they come back? There were 10. All of them were healed. We know that. Jesus said so. All of them were healed, but only one returns. Where's the other nine? Why didn't they return and show their gratitude? It's going to take a moment. I want you to turn to each other once again. And to reflect on why do you think the other nine did not come back? Why do you think the other nine did not come back? Go ahead and turn to each other and take a few moments to talk about that. So as we come back, here are a few reasons I came up with. And again, I think these reasons might double as some formational questions to lay over our lives, especially this morning and this weekend. Is it possible they were so caught up in God's blessings upon their lives that they forgot from whom the blessings came? It transcended into their thinking their own ability. You mean all I had to do was walk to the priests? All this time, man, I really read that law wrong. I never thought I could do this. I finally willed myself into being healed. Could they perhaps all still be angry at God? Angry still over all the time they had in that afflicted situation. They didn't even think of returning to God to say thank you because of their anger. I've come across people like this. They had something hard in life happen to them. By all accounts, everyone would agree, yes, that was tragic. That was hard. They worked through it through a lot of different means, and now their lives are completely different. And yet, they're just as angry. They're just as bitter. They're just as distant. They're just as turned into themselves. Sad. And closely related to that perhaps is, would they be something like, finally God, it's about time. You owe me this. You finally paid up. Great. I'm going on with my life now. For any one of these perhaps over the years in the situation, They filled their cups with self-pity, anger, desperation, and hopelessness. 
So there was simply no place for gratitude to spill out when their lives were bumped in such a miraculous way. It just wasn't there. Sad, but possible, is it not? Now, this is, of course, is in contrast to the one who did come back. Verse 15, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. And as, just, as Jesus wanted us to notice the nine that did not come back, Jesus reveals something very powerful, very powerful about returning to God to give thanks of God's goodness in our life. Verse 18, has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Notice the words of Jesus, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you, which could also be translated, your faith has saved you. In giving praise and expressing his thanks, in returning to Jesus, he was showing where his trust was. I'm sure he delighted in the gift of healing, but that wasn't the end. He allowed the blessing to lead him to the blesser, to the one who bestowed the blessings upon his life. And he said, thanks. And I'm sure whatever anger or resentment he might have felt toward God in the moment of healing, he just released it. And it dissipated in light of God's goodness and grace and it washed upon him. He didn't think this was due him, but demonstrates one who perhaps had hoped for healing and he had truly looked for it and maybe he was filling his cup along the way as hard it was, as it was that one day God would heal, that one day God would truly answer his long sought after prayers. His complete focus was on God's goodness through Jesus. Now think of what and how Adele Calhoun described gratitude. Delighting in God. Maybe it was this guy, this one guy, who got all his friends to call out to Jesus. Maybe he had been hearing rumors of this Jesus in town. And he says, guys, it's Jesus. He's coming. He could do it. If anyone could do it, he could do it. And they're like, okay, whatever, buddy. No, 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 seriously, let's call out. Let's just, let's just try. What do we got to lose? And then maybe for kicks, they just jumped in and joined him. Now, it seems to me his cup had already had some gratitude. Maybe in finding this community, they weren't the best looking community, but he had this community that he could be with even if he was a Samaritan. And maybe his cup already had some gratitude because when he heard about Jesus coming to town, he just not only saw Jesus, he not only called out to Jesus, but Jesus stopped. He turned to him. He addressed him, even though he was a leper, even though he was a Samaritan. I love it, especially that one back there. <laughs> His trust was not in the blessings, but in the one who gave the blessing. Thereby, he was not only healed physically, he was healed more so spiritually, 
your faith has saved you. And that was demonstrated by him returning to Jesus to give thanks. So what of you? What of us? Who are you more like, the nine or the one? Again, it's interesting, 10 people, same exact situation, outcasts, hard life, out of their control. Yet one chooses a different path, a path of delighting in God through Jesus. And that makes all the difference in the world. A path of delighting in God through Jesus. So here's what I'd like us to do as we leave here today. Sometime today, sometime this weekend, as you're eating, you're shopping, you're lounging, in my case, in my house, we're definitely going to be board gaming, around those tables, whatever table you find yourself in, bring up some of these questions. Maybe just simplify it. What did I learn about gratitude by being here today? What kicked up for me? What? That was, I felt kind of awkward the whole time. Why? Allow the Spirit to release that in your life and see what God does. Secondly, I want you to intentionally, over this next month, this next year perhaps, maybe it's a commitment you'll make for 2024. Who knows? In some way, shape, or form, fill your cup with gratitude. Do this extremely practically. Get a physical cup, get a physical glass. Every day, create a, a gratitude journal. And each day, write a piece of paper if you have a cup, and what are you grateful for from that day? It could be a phone call you had, it could be a blessing you received, it could be an unexpected hug. It could be you're walking and you just see this rare bird you've never seen before. For all my, I know bird lovers out here today. Whatever it might be, write it, God, thank you for that. Put it in the glass. And when that glass begins to overfill, dump it out and read and give praise to God in that moment. Thanking for all these blessings because what's gonna happen is you begin to discover, you begin to notice God in the mundane aspects of your life. Car rides, raking leaves, putting kids to bed, grandkids smears of chocolate cake on our wall. Whatever it might be, you just smile and go, God, thank you I'm able to experience that. God, I see you in that stain on the carpet because little Joey and you just go on with the story There's a beauty in that. There's a delighting in God in those moments. One of my friends does this every day on Facebook. She simply puts, she calls it the goodness of the day. And actually, I actually look forward to seeing what her goodness of the day, it is, of the day is. And it's a wide margin. It's everything from, she's a pastor in Michigan. And sometimes it's about her congregation. Many times it's about her family. Sometimes she just has a picture of a coffee mug and her feet up on her porch. And that's the goodness of the day. But notice the choice in looking and finding and naming and then thanking. 
And when we do that, there is a delight that happens. There is a transformation that happens. Imagine if we all did this. Imagine if we truly recognized what was in the cups of our lives and took steps to fill our cups with gratitude and praise and thanks to God. Imagine as we experience God's goodness, even today, as I'm sure all of us will in multiple ways, we choose thanks and praise, acknowledging God, the one in the moment, not the blessings, the blessings are great, but more so the one who is bestowing those blessings upon us. Imagine as a result of our faith-filled gratitude, we continually to delight in God through Jesus, finding healing for our souls. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much. We thank you so much for who you are and for who you are in our lives. And Lord, as we very shortly go about our day today, this Thanksgiving morning, I ask that our blessings we have been so fortunate to receive may push us towards you to say loudly and clearly how much we love you, how much we are thankful for you, and just to say thanks. And Lord Jesus, we do thank you and love you. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you that I can come to you. Thank you that I can approach your throne. You're calling my name to come closer, to throw off my cares and come running Yeah. 
Truly, the beauty of the King is overwhelming. I'm so thankful that we have a Heavenly Father who welcomes us with his arms open wide. In that same spirit of gratitude, we gratefully give in sacrifice and love, and as the ushers come forward, let us continue our worship of him with his gifts and our tithes.
thank you for being here this Thanksgiving morning, getting your day started hopefully off right. Uh, and you're on your way out, you see a table set there. There are resources for your Thanksgiving table. Everything from placemats for the kiddos or for those of us who get really bored at the Thanksgiving table. Uh, there's also cards on there where you label the top of it with your name and then it passes around the table and everyone has opportunity to share something they're thankful for and grateful for about you. And then when you get it back around the table, you have a whole list of reasons why those around your table are blessed by you. So take advantage of that, see what God can do with that in your own life. A few other quick things for you. Uh, not this Saturday, next Saturday, December 2nd, is our amazing Oh What Fun Party. The church is transformed into a kid's winter wonderland of many sorts. All right, if you were here last year, we had upwards of 700 people come through. It's a big outreach. So who are you inviting? Your neighbors, your grandkids, your kids, whoever. Fill this place up and begin celebrating the Christmas season with us. Um, if you're hoping to make a donation with the gifts that we have online, where we partner with a number of our mission partners throughout Chicagoland to buy gifts that they have recommended that go directly to families. So instead of giving generic gifts, certain families across Chicagoland said, my child needs this, would like this, and we're buying accordingly to truly make Christmas morning very, very special for these families. You have until December 2nd to purchase those gifts online um, and, and take part in that. Uh, this coming Sunday, be sure to come back as we conclude our wild series through the book of Exodus. It's been an amazing fall journeying through that series. Um, I'm gonna miss it, gonna miss those, getting those cards every week, uh, but you're not gonna wanna miss Pastor Dan as he preaches across the board um, on Sunday morning for those. If you're new to Christ Church, one of your first times here, my friend and colleague, Carice, will be back right past the glass doors on the right for what we call Christ Church in Five, just to answer any questions you might have about us, get to know you a little bit. All right. As is my tradition, anytime I have the privilege of benedicting a service, I do so by praying over us one of my favorite prayers of Scripture. And I think this morning it fits quite lovely. From Ephesians 3, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will go down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how high and wide and long and deep is his love. May you experience the love of Christ. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory, all praise, all thanks, all gratitude to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations 
forever and ever. And all God's people said, amen, amen and amen. Enjoy, folks.